Welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast, the first in uh, the month of October as we get to uh, the tail end of the flat turf season and we're closing out in style. Every weekend we seem to have great group one action and this weekend we'll be previewing Sun Chariot Stakes at Newmarket and there's some very competitive racing throughout the country but before we do that we have to reflect on last weekend we we thought that it was going to be pretty special we knew we had a lot to look forward to um, and it wasn't just the racing we also had the the fabulous european victory in the Ryder cup as well and it was just one of those weekends to remember and i think that uh, tom who uh, joins us as always uh, along with ross but tom especially would have enjoyed sunday as on this podcast this time last week he tipped up ace impact to win the arc and he did so and tc you tipped him up at 100 to 30 but he won like a good thing uh comparisons to the likes of dancing brave the way that he just rattled down the center of the track we know that this is a very very smart three-year-old he's clearly the best europe has to offer how impressed were you with him and how much do you hope that he might might be seen another again maybe seen again this year and potentially even next year? Yeah, I certainly enjoyed Sunday a lot more than Saturday with the whole Liverpool palaver and my UK tips crashing and burning. But uh, Ace Impact was definitely the highlight of Sunday. Yeah, I was I was taken by the performance, but I was kind of expecting it. Uh, and I don't mean that to sound in an arrogant way because I tipped him, but I just don't think it was a very good race. Um, so I was kind of expecting him to come to the fore anyway. Look, he was good, but he was given a good ride. Um, he was right down the outside, which is kind of where you want to be. Everything fell into place for him. And although the likes of Westover ran well, I suppose the Japanese horse ran well as well. Um, he was quite clearly the horse to beat and he proved that on the day. I love the actual highlight for me, aside from obviously backing him, was the celebration from Jean-Claude Rouget doing all this in the crowd. You love to see it um, for the veteran trainer. But um, yeah, look, it was a good performance. Where they go next, we'll see. I saw a few things on Twitter saying they could retire him, which would be an absolute shambles. Uh, at least give him a, a couple more runs. Come on, we want to see these potential top quality horses stay in training. Um, just off uh, camera, before we start this pod, you mentioned that he could face Equinox. Um, if that happens, I'm very much team Equinox, especially if it happens in Japan. I can't see him being beaten, but Look, the headlines going towards the race, if they do match up against each other, will be phenomenal and it will get a bit of hype about the sport again. Yeah, I think it's it, it's frustrating in a way because the Equinox team probably never even considered the Prix de de Triomphe because they just assumed the ground would be on the testing side. And what we saw was the likes of Rosalian getting a new course record in the Jean-Luc Lagardère. The ground was definitely on the quick side, too quick for my selection, Hookham, who ran a brave race not enjoying the ground. And it really threw up the horses that favoured that that speed test. And Equinox would have been really interesting if he was in that field. Um, I, You would have thought, you know, if he was owned by one of the classic breeding operations, he'd be straight in, into stud. And yes, the owners do have a real big commercial obligation to get him to stud, but they seem quite game on. And I just, I know that they've dismissed the Breeders' Cup, but the Japan Cup, I think, has been mooted, whether that's sort of been um, glamorized a little bit because we're trying to push it or not, I don't know. But I feel like they'd be keen to keep proving him now. He's done it in Europe, but internationally as well. And, and they just feel like the horse is probably, you know, he's still haven't hasn't even reached his peak yet ross would what do you what do you reckon do you think we'll, we'll keep we'll see him or do you imagine that they're gonna 
close up shop with this unbeaten son of cracksman. I hope we see him. You just understand that, you know, we've we've heard Westover now as, you know, met with injury as being retired. They are just such a fragile beast. And the the the, the lure of the of the financial rewards of, of sending an unbeaten arc winner to stud um is understandable. But I read the same sort of stuff as you. It does appear that they aren't entirely sold on 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 stopping just yet. And and as TC said, we do desperately need these clashes and, and and big battles especially now flat racing in particular has become a far more global sort of entity um it can only be for the good of the sport really mm, yeah absolutely I, I mean look i'm trying to find what i've read and i think champion states and the japan cup will be considered definitely not the breeders cup difficult to know but as you say touching on that westover very sad to hear that he is has been retired he had an injury in the pre-deluxe triumph um i thought you'd have had a run a cracking race in the breeders cup turf but not to be um but that was the arc um ace impact a very special winner despite maybe not being the strongest renewal of the race um also from this podcast last week i tipped up van deek who i thought was a good thing um he was uh he went off at five to four i think at the time it was he was nine to four so he did come in for support but he was mightily impressive he put that field to bed any opinions that river tiber was going to be able to reverse the form was absolutely mad thoughts but nice to, nice to show that again that um that horse clearly just not good enough and deke is just improving and improving and i think he's still not clearly the finished article he doesn't really know how to do it properly yet but we'll see what happens next year i loved i think he'll stay sprinting and i actually asked ed crisper when i saw him this week will we see him again he said he's been put away for the season so no dewhurst uh, match up with city of troy that would have been fun but i just can't imagine seeing him running over the further than six furlongs but you imagine they might be tempted but that is van deek a very exciting horse for going into next year ace impact of course let's see what will happen um but we're kind of sort of coming to this end point of the season where horses are either thriving at this stage or they're just kind of reaching the sort of boiling point and that's what my feelings are around the sun chariot stakes this group one for fillies and mares um it's a, a hope for Frankie de Tori to get his 500th winner at Newmarket um, on his final opportunities. And he will be partnering up with a filly that's been pretty important to him for the last few seasons. That's in Spiral. Um, and she's currently um, around even money. And then we've got a French runner in Mux de Savan. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Ross might be able to confirm for me. Uh, meditates in here as well. Heredia off the back of a good um, couple of successes. Coppice returns only eight days after her win last time. Um, Ram Harvest as well has been a great um, servant for Safi Osborne. Um, but there's a field of eight. Now, Ross, you know horses better than anyone. My thinking is that in Spiral, she seems to find a time to win at the middle of the year. And then she sort of sulks a little bit. And this time last year, we saw exactly the same thing. She won in Deauville and then she went to Ascot and she just wasn't really herself. Why should she turn up this time in the Sun Chariot? Yes, it's a lesser race than um, the QE2, but I just worry about her. I just can't trust her to be as good as she always seems to be in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, but it was pretty autumnal weather um, last year, and you're having a, a nice batch of weather over in the UK at the moment. The sun is still shining. The ground is still good. Um, Phillies, mares in particular can be affected by changing season, changing weather. Um, and if this summer is sort of weather is just holding on a bit longer, I think that does give a, 
bit of a chance. I just think she got bogged down in the mud uh, last last year, and and she did the same in the in the Sussex at Goodwood. Really, I think um, I took the view, and I completely understand. She's she's not a horse you could be ever overly confident about. I don't think, but she's a fairly long way clear of these on ratings, apart from the French filly, who I believe is Marquesa de Savine. Um, but I just cannot see a drop back to a mile on this track on quick ground suiting suiting the French filly. So if you put a line through her, Inspirally is some way clear. And she does arrive here, unlike a lot of them, fairly fresh with just three three runs. Um you could well be on something with the with the time of year, but I, I just think this better weather and better ground is is just gonna swing it in her favour. Um so I think she's very, very hard to get away from. If you wanted to take the view that she was too risky at even money and personally I think should be odds on on the day. Uh, I thought Meditate has has been disappointing this year. Considering what she does as a two-year-old um, and the physique she had, you thought she was going to step up into a better three-year-old. She's been disappointing. But last time at Leopardstown, she was much, much better in the matron stakes. She got caught in a po- pocket and caught on heels and had to switch out when when the winning was was done to hear her had gone. Um, but she really quickened up smartly down the outside and, and flew home quite late on. I think this better ground suits her. I think this track can suit her. Um, you know, she's got some decent form there already as a, as a juvenile. Stiff finish. Um, just think she's better than she's shown. And, uh, you know, in a race where perhaps the each way angle is the way to go, um, she was the one for me each way. But I think Inspiral's very hard to get away from as a, as a winner. Yeah, gets a weight allowance as well, doesn't she? Um, say it again, the French name, so that I make sure that Marquesa I... Marquesa de Savine. Marquesa de Savine, which is obviously the Marchioness of some sort of grand place in France. But that's... I completely agree with you, with her, with she's clearly thrived over a trip further, 10 furlongs plus, um, although she did win over a mile over in, during the summer. But that just sort of... That was the slight concern, and it's good ground, and it feels like it is drying out. It's been pretty dry over the last week um, up in Newmarket, um, but interesting sort of opinions around Inspiral. She's clearly Tom the best filly in the race, you know, on ratings anyway. She is, you know, she she's back in against um, the fillies, and she's been holding her own against the Colts throughout the last couple of seasons. So you would have to believe that, you know, coming back into this grade, it's a it's a it's her race to lose i just i don't know i'm just not in Kylie tally sutton and a betting race i'm agreeing with ross that there's a lot of there's a bit of each way value to be had with the with the dead eight in here yeah i don't think that angle is bad at all i mean with the eight runners obviously you've got some good prices aside from a in spiral who's gonna definitely be odds on i completely agree with ross about that even money right now seems a very fair price to me and on that basis i have to be with her now, every single time we've previewed a race since our two-year-old season that involves in spiral, I say exactly the same thing, which is I never trust her. She's super inconsistent. I can't get her right. However, surely this is going to be the day for her. I mean, she is by far the best, as you've already touched on. The ground is currently listed as good. It's quick at Newmarket. It's, a, it's on the firm side of good. And the weather for the rest of this uh, week, obviously we're filming this Thursday morning, it's just sun and 20 odd degrees, which is ridiculous for October, but it's true. And so it's just going to get quicker and quicker. That's going to help in spiral. The French filly needs soft ground, in my opinion, um, and probably further. Meditate was the other option in the race. So I did very much copy Ross's notes uh, for this year's Sun Chariot. 
But again, I just can't really trust her at the moment. You know, she needs to improve based on last year's form. Huge player, but we just haven't seen the best of her this term. So given that Inspire was one from one on the Broly Mile, four from five on good to firm ground, um, has run to a mark higher than any of the last 10 winners of the Sun Chariot. So quite clearly has the class angle as well. I think even money, which represents a 50% chance of winning, is very fair. I think she's got a better chance than 50% of winning this race. So I have to tip up in spiral. Okay, well, fair enough. I just feel like there's more value to be had. And just let's see, she could be far too good. And if you're in that camp, fine. You know, that's is actually probably quite good value. But if you just feel something, and I do think they're, they're big inflated prices about horses that coming into this in great order and we've seen that and they just feel a little bit more reliable um i'm quite surprised to see coppice turning around so quickly eight days ago she won over course and distance yes it was just a listed race but it was back to her best frankie gave her quite a, a pretty cute ride um but they were said they said afterwards that she's going straight to america that's where she's going to set um she's going to restart her career um with a new trainer whoever it's going to be but for judmont so she's obviously come out of it really well for them to want to just throw her back in um, in a group one. So I take that as a bit of a confidence boost from the John and Thady, Gold, um, Thady Goldstone team. Um, she's around 14 to one. We know that she loves, she acts well on the track. She's clearly thriving and in good form. She's had her excuses why she didn't run so well the last couple of times. And she's just a better price. Um, I think it's a, definitely an each way selection for me in this race, but Coppice, I'm happy to, to throw in at 14 to 1 um but uh for the guys it is in spiral and meditate as well for ross um at an each way price in the group one sun chariot on saturday um but that is probably not as competitive as uh, some of the racing that we'll find at ascot some really good a uh, big field races and um the challenge cup at 335 is one that you really want to get stuck into it's a a little bit um, similar to, to last to last week, um, which we saw the Cambridgeshire, where we had what thirty five uh, runners, and I was just slightly heartbroken uh, to see Greek order just fail. But um, we've got another kind of opportunity to get stuck into a big race, and um, SBK have, has the same race Acker in this, a bit similar to the Football Bet Builder. Um, you can have numerous selections from one race put into one bet. Um, so with that in mind, I know that Ross and TC have some thoughts on this. Maybe um, TC will come to you first. Um, what, what, how do you view the Challenge Cup from a, a same race Acker perspective? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Challenge Cup. It's a highly competitive handicap, isn't it? Featuring lots of Ascot specialists and stalwarts. It's a good race for the same race Acker as well. If you like your football bet builders, this is the perfect opportunity to do just that in horse racing. Um, my same race Acker is just going to involve two horses. Uh, both to place, both to finish in the first three, but you could also select top four for both of these horses as well. The first is Fresh, uh, two-time course and distance winner at Ascot over this trip. Finished third in this race two years ago. Has to be included, in my opinion, now that he's stepping back up to his ideal trip after a good run at the Curra. And the other horse I'd put in, again, top three or top four in this race is a horse called Atrium. Uh, who's dropped back down in distance after running over a mile for a, a good portion of his career. Um, he's off a nice mark of 96 now, solid course form as well at Ascot. And although he is generally a miler, the way he goes through his races, he hasn't got that much natural early speed. I think that will definitely help over this stiff track. You know, when we're talking about the straight track at Ascot, we're always talking about horses that have got loads of stamina 
in their arsenal. So Atrium is one that could be plugging on for a place late in the race. Okay, nice. Great. It's a it's a, a great in, incentive, isn't it? The same race like it's good fun, especially if you're used to like the football bet builders. And it's really good for a race like the Challenge Cup. Ross, do you um do you enjoy it? What have you found something in here that you can in add to add to TC's ideas? Well, add to TC's in, in some ways. I, I thought Fresh was was definitely a standout here to place. So I think he's been unfortunate this year. I mean, tried him at six furlongs. So that's clearly not his his bag. And, you know, at Ascot, I thought he was just unlucky. He was drawn on the wrong side of the track and that pretty much put pay to that from the start. You know, he was a winner off 102 this time last year. He's now down to 99. Um, I don't see there's any sign that the ability's not still there. Um, so I thought he had to be on the list to, to hit the place. And then the other one was, was the Stuart Williams train, Quinnell who's just been fantastic this year, winning seven out of eight from a mark, starting mark of 59. He's now up to 102. I mean, logic would tell you that at some point he's got to hit his ceiling, that he's going to be too high in the handicap. But I think you could have looked at any one of those singular wins this year and sort of thought that he was probably going to have to find improvement to win again. And he just keeps on finding that improvement. Luke Catton gets on, on great with him. Um, I think he's a bit of a price because I think the market will sort of take the view that uh, you know he's he's not going to be up to this level, but he's just in a fine vein of form, and I think you've just got to keep following him until he shows that he has reached his ceiling. So for me, it was Fresh and Quinault, uh, same as TC, both to hit the first three. Okay, yeah, I would throw Dark Trooper in there um, as well. He's a similar vein, isn't he, Quinault? And is actually was beaten. Uh, Quinault was beaten by Dark Trooper, uh, and the same way he's just been on this bit of a roll. Probably not as high profile as Quinault, but he's. Uh, He's a grand old sort and uh, he's um, he's just sort of thriving uh, and Ed Walker's happy to keep him moving, keep him on a roll. So that's um, some same race Ackert ideas for you for the um, Challenge Cup Ascot 3.35 on Saturday. Um, as always, we've got naps and next best time. So with TC with the winning arc selection, we'll start with you first. Thank you. Yes, uh, my nap's going to come in the opening seven furlong novice event at Redcar, the 140, and there's a horse called Mickley. Now, this two-year-old colt is by a precocious sire soldier's call. He was an excellent juvenile when he raced with David O'Mara, winning numerous events, including the Windsor Castle uh, and the Flying Childers. He was just a very good two-year-old, and most of his progeny, I expect, are going to be very good two-year-olds as well. Now, Mickley's had one start so far this season. It came at Newcastle just 11 days ago, but he was sent off at five to four. Now, when you get an Ed Bethel first-time starter sent off at five to four, you have to pay note because the trainer isn't known for winning first time up with his horses. Unfortunately, the chance for Mickley that day went within about a stride because he missed it by two lengths. Then he veered drastically to the right, showing lots of inexperience. From that moment onwards, he was very professional throughout the race, which gives me hope that he's ready to make his mark at the second time of asking. He raced on the wrong side of the track, but then switched to the far left where the, the market uh, protagonists were racing and then featured at the end of the race as well. And he stayed on nicely under hands and heels riding, nowhere near maximum merging to try and win the race, but just to teach him something. And he finished a good fourth. I think that he's got a great chance in this opener. On Saturday, um, Ed Bethel also had another runner in the declarations called Gressington, who won first time up and actually would have been my selection if he was in here and Mickley wasn't. But Bethel decided to run Mickley uh, by himself. And I think that's a, a key um, for this race, the 140 at Redcar. And then the next best is going to be a horse called Luazé in the 455 at Wolverhampton. It's division two um, of a mile and a half, not to 55 handicap. So it's not the most glamorous 
but I am on Sky Sports on Saturday, so I've looked at this Wolverhampton card in detail. Um, the race is full of not very talented horses, seasoned handicappers, veterans who just haven't been breaking through at this level after numerous attempts. But Luazé is the one uh, horse in the field who's unexposed. He had three runs. Sorry, she had three runs in novice events over inadequate trips, much shorter than this. Then they stepped her into a handicap last time off a basement mark of 51. And she was super eye-catching in, uh, eye-catching in finishing third. The race was dominated by two horses throughout the whole event. Uh, the Pug was one of them. He's uh, posted good form since. Um, those two drew clear. Luazé stayed on under hands and heels for third. Off the same mark of 51, I think she's virtually a cinch in the 4.55 at Wolverhampton. Yeah, completely unexposed, isn't she? That um, Wolverhampton card. And I'm trying to work it out very quickly how many races there are on at Wolverhampton, but I assume that's nine. <laughs> so good luck to you, good luck to UTC. There is, um, it's come to that point of the season where it's just all weather racing has become bumper. Um, so enjoy that on Sky Sports. That's where you can watch TC on Saturday night. Um, Ross, what do you like this weekend? I found it hard going this week, Jess. Um, I had a few that um, were on my radar that didn't get declared. Um, but in the three o'clock at uh, Ascot, the old favourite, Comanche Falls, his horse done re- really well over the last couple of seasons. He's just so consistent at this level and, and handicap level. Um, I think you'll love this track. I mean, virtually the only time he travels in his comfort zone is when he's cantering down to the start. He's a a painful watch at times because he's under the under the pump quite early on but he loves a pace that collapses in front of him uh ascot that tends to happen time and time again i think there'll be strong pace here because there's a number of horses dropping back from seven furlongs so they're going to want a, a truly run race um and i just think at this level this is his bag this is his track he's got his ground the only time he's really disappointed this year was on was on soft sticky ground so comanche uh, falls is the nap in the three o'clock and then I am jumping across to the jumps, starting to get there now. Um, and the 510 at Fontwell, uh, the Joe Tizard trained Tamaris, showed huge improvement for a wind up last time. Um, one by 10 lengths, it could have been 20. Uh, was a very comfortable winner, jumped proficiently, jumped nicely round a small track at uh, Plumpton. Only got a five pound rise for that, which I thought looked very fair. Um, this doesn't look at any sort of deeper race at all has decent course form previously and has the benefit of uh, race fitness against a few of these. So I thought Tamaris in the 510 at Fontwell was a decent next best bet. That's what we like to hear. He has not given up on you jumps fans. He is still alive and kicking for the jumps lovers. And we are very, very close to jump season properly kicking off. When's Chepstow next? Is it next week? Week after? Um, so we've got plenty to look forward to. So I reckon we'll be previewing some jumps racing soon. Just watch out, TC. I know you're already doing that for Sunday. <laughs> he loves it. We love it. Um, right. We um, So for me, I'm going to keep it quite simple. I've been um, really looking forward to seeing Zulu Chief coming back out. He, he's running in the um, Tassels October auction stakes, the sales race at Newmarket on Saturday. Um, he was a late non-runner at Doncaster, I think it was. Um, on account of the ground, which got too soft, it is good ground. They'll want, they'll hope that it will be drying out every second, as we just discussed with Sun Chariot, it looks like it is. I was quite surprised to see that he's even money. Um, it is a short price for a horse that at one stage of his career, early on in the year, was nothing better than 125 to 1. Um, but last time, he absolutely bolted up at York, um, winning the nursery, 
hard hell, beating Starlust, who's gone and won the Serenia Stakes since, um, was tried in um, the Group One last week, and I don't think it was completely disgraced as well in the in the in the middle park. So that's really good form, um, I think. Great, great horse for Heather Main and for Gina Mangan. Um, I just really hope that this horse can continue to shine in, in a big race for a big prize in what I don't think is massively competitive, to be honest. Some very exposed horses in there, um, in amongst some horses that haven't really done a huge amount at all. So I think that is a good thing in Zulu Chief um, in the 205 at Newmarket. And then my next best is in the first race, the 130, Totnes um, goes in the Phillies handicap over 10 furlongs. Um, notable that it's back into Philly's company. She's a filly that um, has been doing very well against the opposite sex, including finishing second to balance play last time out at Newbury on heavy ground. Now, she might want it slightly softer, so I've got contrasting needs this weekend in terms of ground. But I think she was beaten by a very good horse in balance play. He goes off to the Old Roadie Cup with a massive, massive chance. Um, she also beat a horse called Mayfair Gold, who frank the form yesterday at Kempton. Um, she went up a pound for finishing second to balance play, which I think is fair enough. She is very likable. She's very consistent. She's on the upgrade and she's 10 to one um, in, in against some horses that I don't really think have got as good form as she does. So she's my next best in the 130 at Newmarket. Um, so very keen on those two selections, which is unlike me because I'm normally a little bit tetchy. Um, but looking forward to them um, and we'll join Ross and TC's for their, their selections as well. So that's it. And if you like all those selections, you can get £30 in free bets if you're a new SBK user when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. So make the most of that for this weekend. Don't forget to subscribe to whichever podcast channel you listen to. We're also on YouTube and we will see you next week.